Hi, I'm Anna Rosa Parker. And I'm Daniel Lamb, and this is Artist Inclusive, the podcast for ambitious artists who want to find clarity, community, and creative success. If you're an artist or a small business owner, a creative of any kind, you know that one of the key pieces to getting your name out there and getting your services or product out there in the world is a website and potentially all the things that go along with that, such as social media, Google site, etc. While all of this is important, it can also be quite overwhelming if you don't know how to get started. So my goal today is to give you a brief overview of how to go about setting up a website, what the options are, and just a few things to consider um, as you decide on what you want to spend and how much time you want to put into it. Because there are options that are less expensive and more time-intensive. There are options that are more expensive and quicker. And there are functionality questions across the board about what you need and what those solutions can provide. So before we talk specifically about how to build a website, let's talk about where to go to get started with getting your name. Whether you're buying your own name or you're creating a name for your business, you're going to need a .com or a .net or a .io or a .whatever. There are so many extensions these days. It's hard to keep up with. The main places that people go to buy domain names are your big aggregators like GoDaddy, Namecheap, or directly from the platform you're using, such as WordPress.com or Wix.com or Squarespace. These all-in-one solutions will do everything for you. You can buy your domain name, your hosting, your email service, and even design options. Obviously, the more inclusive the package, the higher the price. So backing up somewhat here, I'm going to kind of walk you through what I would do if I were going to start from scratch. And this is just my opinion and me, my preferences. If I were starting out today from scratch, I would make the assumption that I'm going to try to save as much money as I can. So I would go and research my options. I would do my research very thoroughly so that, you know, I'm not just taking somebody's word for it. I've I've been down that road. I've taken people's word for it. Um, and I've had regrets. So, you know, if you take nothing else away from this episode, take away the fact that, you know, the research is on you. Go out and really ask yourself what you need and what you want and what these options really uh, mean in terms of that. You know, will this work for you? Will it not? It's a hard question to answer. So for me, I buy all my domains on Namecheap.com. Back in the day, I used to use GoDaddy, and... I added it up, and over the course of two years, I think I spent eight or nine hundred dollars, maybe twelve hundred bucks, with GoDaddy for a few different websites and the stuff that you know was packaged along with it. And I'm here to tell you, you can pretty much do everything you need for ten to twenty percent of that cost annually without these big aggregators that charge hundreds of dollars per month. Now let's talk hosting. Let's say you've already bought your domain on Namecheap or GoDaddy. Now it's up to you to choose a host. So first option would be to host with the domain registrar. You can do that, but I have found that their hosting costs are generally higher than private hosts. 
So you can go to a private hosting company and get a better deal on your monthly hosting fees. Um, there are the ones that we've all heard of out there in the in the zeitgeist, like Bluehost and SiteGround, um, WP Engine. There's so many to name. But you can also find small business owners out there who own their own servers and rent out server space. So you could find potentially, you know, um, a smaller server that is going to have more of a dedicated staff and more of a dedicated um, line of customer service to use. And I would recommend that if you can find someone like that. Um, if that's something you're interested in exploring, um, you can reach out to me um, through our website at artistinclusive.com and I'm happy to give you uh, a recommendation for who we use. But that said, you know, the hosting account, I would always recommend keeping it separate from your domain registrar just because, um, you know, if you decide you don't like one or the other, you're not tied down by either because those two pieces aren't connected. So in terms of once you choose a hosting provider, then it's up to you to pick a hosting package. This is usually going to depend on a couple of things, the bandwidth that you expect to use and the amount of storage you need on the server. So for heavy sites, say, you know, e-commerce stores that have lots of inventory, large video heavy content sites, you know, these types of things probably aren't the best for this option. You might want to use something more like WP Engine that has a more scalable, you know, bandwidth offering. But if you're a, a small business and you're a service-based business specifically, like say you are an acting coach or a music teacher, or um, you just want to sell your artwork through um, a digital store, this is a great hosting option because you're not using that much bandwidth. And that brings us to the big question, which is, how techy are you? The next piece, we're going to talk about which platform to build your site on. So once you've got your domain, you've got your hosting, you're ready to decide whether you want a more custom site or you want a template that you can drag and drop. So the good news is you can, you can do a template site on any of the main platforms, and that includes WordPress, which you know some people are a bit afraid of WordPress, so to speak, because it's more open source. But, but, but in the recent years, they have closed the gap quite a bit with their proprietary themes and then third-party themes like Divi and Elementor that really um, make WordPress a lot more approachable for people than it used to be. Um, and then, obviously, you do have Wix and you have Squarespace. So I would say, you know, choosing which of these, you know, site builders to use kind of comes down to personal preference, the amount of functionality you need, and how much money you want to spend. The cool thing about WordPress and most of the things that go along with it are that, you know, the fees are fairly low or free. Whereas, you know, you're going to be paying in perpetuity if you are on Squarespace or Wix uh, to use their stuff for the most part. Um, obviously, there's free plans where you can get some sort of like bogus, like, you know, my happy site at wixsite.something.com. And that's not what I'm talking about here, obviously. I'm talking about a serious professional site where you own the full domain and you don't have to deal with that kind of stuff. So in terms of like my website tech stack, we're running our registrations through Namecheap, private hosting. We're built on WordPress. We're using Debbie theme. We're using Gravity Forms. And um, the only other thing that's fairly important to 
the operation is the use of a security plugin. I use it on all my sites and it's called WordFence. It's just a best practice that I would recommend everybody, you know, leverage if you're on WordPress. If you're on another platform, I would see what sort of security plugins they have and make sure they're up to date at all times because broken plugins are actually one of the easiest ways for hackers to get into a website. It's not necessarily that they're going to steal your password and get in that way, but they may find some sort of vulnerability in the code of a plugin and find a side door. So we always want to make sure we're being careful and safe with our digital assets. So once you have a website all squared away and set up, the last piece that you would want to have a look at would be your marketing platform. And what I mean by marketing platform in this sense is the thing that you're using to collect customer information and what you're using to send out communications from your business to a wider list, not one-to-one communication, but like email blasts, things of that sort. So there's a lot of options out there as well. Um, I think I've tried them all. And I would say, you know, start with something free like uh, like MailChimp. It's not necessarily the easiest or most user-friendly platform, but um, but it is, you know, when you don't have an audience yet and you're still just trying to build something from scratch, I think it can be a good option. Um, and it integrates pretty well with all the things that I've been mentioning. So kind of connecting the dots here, the website is just one piece of the puzzle. The marketing engine is one piece of the puzzle. Um, in previous episodes, we've spoken to a lot of artists, you know, about their processes, about their mindset, and about their um, sort of personal brand as an artist. And those things are equally important. Without a personal brand, without an artist identity, we don't have anything to necessarily market we don't have anything to really put on a website that is going to do the work that we need it to because again these are tools and without the right mindset without the right approach to our work and making a living through that work because as the business writer Stephen Covey says start or begin with the end in mind. If we don't know where we're headed, then we don't know how to get there. And so these three pieces are constantly feeding each other. Identity, mindset, structure, strategy. It's all grounded in who we are and what we want to offer the world. And so as artists, it really pays for us to get laser clear about our identity, our values, our ethics, the audience that we serve, and you know the value of that service or that product, whatever it is. Because then we can create a brand identity. We can create all the things that go along with that brand identity. And we can center our mindset around pushing that work forward in the most sustainable, efficient way possible. So that's my introduction to websites and the things to think about as you go forward in your journey. Stay tuned for next week's episode. It's going to be a really good one. We have a return guest coming back, someone who is very near and dear to the Artist Inclusive Podcast. We'll see you there.
This episode of Artist Inclusive is brought to you by Dash of Copy. Dash of Copy helps artists, writers, and creatives with brand messaging designed to help you manifest your audience, clarify your artist identity, and level up your confidence on the path of creative success. Artist Inclusive is a production of Holland Creative and Dash of Copy. Our audio producer is Dale Isinger.